We've touched on Hogan's Heroes. We've talked about his radio career. Other than the two of you and your colleague, D. Young, I'm probably the only person who remembers, who not only remembers the Bob Crane show on NBC in 1975, but remembers liking it. There are a couple of takeaways from that, one of which is that it wasn't supposed to be the Bob Crane show. No. No. It was supposed to be second start, and if, if the producer, Norman Powell, had his place, it wouldn't have been Bob Crane at all. It would have been Larry Hagman. Correct. They originally pitched it to ABC, if I'm not mistaken, and then they turned it down, and then it was NBC. Bob opted to sign with NBC after he had written he had written a, play, uh, a script, a screenplay called Eyewitness. And that was, it was supposed to be um, him in the lead role, and it was uh, a show that was taking place with a reporter uh, and a police officer. And they were actually out in the, in the scene, and they were, the, you know, on the scene, they were actually eyewitnessing things. Bob, what, what's, what's very interesting, I think, to, to Linda and Dee and me is that eyewitness was probably more his cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It was more of an ensemble thing. It was more of a, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, different, a little bit edgy. He ends up selling Eyewitness to ABC. He goes with NBC where Second Start was was gearing up. Now, NBC took stock in Bob Crane as an A-lister. They wanted Bob Crane. They wanted him. Uh, Norman Powell did not. And it came down to, if you want to get Second Start off the ground, you're going to agree to have Bob Crane in the lead role or this thing's never going to fly. NBC is going to pass on it. So that's how Bob got into second start um after they, they produced the pilot there, there were a whole lot of things that that went kind of wrong with it and linda you'll remember that the one camera setup versus the three cameras which not a whole lot of people might realize when they're watching a show but if you're watching a show and you see things cutting in front of a live studio audience and you see you know the different cuts all blending in together very easily that's because it's being done with three cameras and then in post-production they're splicing that all together a one camera setup is being shot more like a movie which was what how hogan's heroes was shot the first episode the pilot episode of what was originally second start was a one camera shot but then it got sidelined and there were a lot of things that went wrong with it it ended up being a mid-season replacement that was going to then start in march so it went from september to later in uh, the year and then you know then then it got got shifted shifted to march and bob was really unhappy with that but what what he did was is he said well i'm going to take this all apart and rework the whole thing uh, much to the dismay of norman powell and and others now that's not to say that he was not uh, pleasant to be around that he was yeah, he, he was not an ugly person on the set or anything like that but he was belligerent he was he was he wanted it the way he wanted it. and that was how he kind of had always gone through his career in, in radio and then you know he, it was always like I want to I want it the way I want it or I'm not going to do it uh, when you look at how he he goes up and it's it's not Again, it's not like this this nastiness. It's just how he learned. It was like a learned behavior, so that when he gets to this 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 last piece here, uh, this this uh, series that he's in, it's not working for him. And 
you know, that that then becomes a problem. So he's he's now changing format. It's a midseason replacement. He's he's a fish out of water character. And then you throw in because it's all about uh, he's a he's a 42 year old sales exec that quits his job and then goes back to college to become a doctor. So he's he's in this fish out of water environment in the setting. And then you have the typecasting. So you have all of these different things that are just kind of gearing up into a perfect storm that some were his doing, some were not his doing, but you bring it all together and it, it just, just kind of tanks the whole show. This is the chapter that I was reading that I had to stop because it upset me. This is the chapter where I watched Bob turning his own career on its head. Mm-hmm. And he really had, to me, too much time on his hands. The show had been delayed too many times, gave them too much time for him to think, gee, what could I do to make this a success like Hogan's Heroes? It wasn't the same kind of show as Hogan's Heroes. He was no longer the same kind of person that he was in Hogan's Heroes. And he was still surrounded by people going, yes, Bob, yes, Bob, yes, Bob. We'll do whatever you want, Bob. And that was a bad thing for him. And that, as as the as a person reading this, um, I don't know how people who weren't so deeply involved in, in the research felt about it, but this upset me so much to see that he was actually creating problems for himself. And it was about that time that they were saying you know, there were things happening on set that he was, you know, his wife was there, they were, he was doing burlesque warm-ups and all mm. these odd things happening on set. It was just him pounding his career into the ground without realizing that that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And and this show might never have been, you know, number one, but it certainly could have been better than what it was if he had just left it alone and listened to the people who actually did know better versus mm-hmm. what he thought he knew. Which goes back to a point we talked about a little while ago. I believe it was Norman Powell, the, the producer of the show, who, when he uh, spoke to you for Bob Crane, the definitive biography, he said the character he played, he was supposed to play Bob Wilcox, who was essentially having a midlife crisis or career change, mm-hmm. you know, and it required an ability to, or a willingness to see yourself as vulnerable because the character is vulnerable because he's, he's leaving what he knows to start something new and i believe it was powell who said crane at that point was not comfortable allowing himself to be seen as vulnerable and that's that's absolutely correct yeah and to delve into that there there are a couple of things first this show is you know he he left the donna reed show and uh back in 1964 he wasn't fired he wasn't you know there was nothing he just it was he just left he wanted to do something different but he didn't want to do the husband you know wife kids you know white picket fence thing and what's really interesting is that this show is kind of like that it's the husband wife kids you know and that was something that he definitely did not want to do so if you go back 10 years to 1964 this was on the i'm not touching that yeah and now over here he's doing it partly because i think he's he's typecast he's looking for work he wants to do something but here he's playing a very very vulnerable character which he's not comfortable with and some of that is because of what he's going through personally but he's also still struggling to be a linda's an actress she can talk more about method acting but 
Bob was taking, he had taken courses. Uh, he, he took a course from Stella Adler. He was being coached by Donna Reed. So he wanted to be a serious actor. He wanted to be able to dig in and be able to act and not just do comedy and not just do, uh, you know, he, he would often say that Hogan's Heroes, he worked very, very hard at Hogan's Heroes. People think I'm just being myself, but, but I'm really working very hard. You know, so you get to the Bob Crane show, second start, the Bob Crane show, and he's still struggling with that method acting. He's still struggling to dig into that place where he and bring that acting a vulnerable type character to the forefront where he does excel is four years later on the love boat and it is so tragic that he's now getting getting to the point where he's starting to deal with the problems in his life he's starting to accept that he needs to work in those areas but he's also advancing as an actor and when you watched put him in the love boat you actually see him being able to perform uh, that character on the whole and to be able to be vulnerable and to be able to cry real, real tears, to be able to do that scene, which is, it, it airs in January and he's, he's gone by June. Yeah. So that episode becomes one of his last work. And what people see is, Oh, look, he's crying. Isn't this depressing? It's so soon before his murder, he can't hold it together. You have instead, you know, what really was him coming into uh, starting to really dig in and become uh, that actor that, that he was so hard to be. So you go back to the Bob Crane show, second start, He's not there yet. He's uncomfortable. He's vulnerable. You go forward to four years to the love boat, he's starting to get better. And unfortunately, people don't see that when they watch that. They just see that as one of the last performances, and he's crying, and this is this is difficult to watch. Well, that's, that's why people need to read Bob Crane, The Definitive Boggery, so that they can understand at what point he was arriving in his real-life character arc at that point, and how he was able to dig down a lot deeper at the time he did that love boat than he was capable of doing just a few years earlier and again the tragedy is had he lived what else he could have done stay with us folks we'll be right back carol ford and linda groundwater will be back in a few weeks for part three of our conversation about the life and career of bob crane among other things we will talk about the steps that crane was taking at the time of his murder in june 1978 to overcome his addiction to sex we'll also give you the backstory of what turned out to be his final appearance on television that is coming up in a few weeks on tv confidential in the meantime bob crane the definitive biography is available in hardcover paperback as an ebook and as an audiobook through Amazon.com. For more information on the campaign to get Bob Crane inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame, vote numeral 4bobcrane.org. Vote numeral 4bobcrane.org. There are two Facebook pages dedicated to the Bob Crane book, Bob Crane Life and Legacy at Facebook, and Bob Crane The Definitive Biography at Facebook.com. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following? Fatigue, less drive, poor performance? If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the U.S. today dealing with ED. But did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore? And you don't have to deal with the hassle of seeing the doctor or the embarrassment of going to the pharmacy for a certain pill. Now, with one free call, you can find out how Herbal Virility Max can help you feel like a man again. 
For over a decade, Herbal Virility Max has helped guys just like you put a smile back on their face with improved performance and drive. Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer. 800-750-9886-800-750-9886-800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.